Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast. And I gotta say, I need a very specific type of doo-doo paper to wipe the shit that I just saw, okay? Today we'll be talking about The Sun is Also a Star. It's a book by Nicola Yoon. This is the movie adaptation. Pisses me the... You know what? Whatever. I'm Kevin. I'm Derek. Let's get into this. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you got a lot to say. (laughs) All right. So what did you think of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting. I like how it was shot. Um, But that's as far as it really goes, in my opinion. And a lot that was taken out of the book from the movie and i'm sure we'll talk about that soon it just was not a good adaptation it discredits the book in my opinion and probably drew people away from reading the book because if they didn't read the book and just watch the movie they're gonna be like i'm not gonna watch i'm not gonna read the book because it's probably in the same line you know like and books can only tend to be better but yeah (laughs) yeah well everything you said (laughs) absolutely gross it's so sad (laughs) well okay it's just so the movie is so superficial does that make sense to you do you feel the same way i think they're trying way too hard in like certain aspects and i actually can't even still point like pinpoint it to this day or like to to try to express it so i i'm actually not too sure what it is it just feels like cardboard paper or you know like it's so it didn't feel like a love story it was just like all right here's a story between two people that are supposed to fall in love i don't feel that i'm not even rooting for them to be together i'm just like well there's two people i heard this was a (laughs) (laughs) rom-com oh my gosh all right well let's let's start with do you like the casting of daniel or even Natasha. Yeah, so Daniel is played by Charles Milton, and then Natasha is played by Yara Shahidi. Hopefully I'm saying that right. At first, I was like, okay, this seems very promising because Charles Milton has a Korean lineage. Uh, his mom is Korean. His dad is, I believe, uh, European. Wow, okay. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, he has a background, and again, you know, being Korean, that's good. Yara is also, you know, I, I think the, like the casting for it was really good at first. <laughs> and <laughs> separately, I respect them. Yara, I think is really good. Charles Milton still hasn't won me over yet. Just like <laughs> Bella as uh, Ellie. Why am I forgetting her name? As Ellie. But in this movie, it kind of made me, I just regretted watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted, we we forced ourselves, but Charles Milton and like Yara, like as the characters, they did not have the chemistry there. And it was hard to follow the whole time. Like I I like Yara the best. Like she did a great job. I think she nailed Natasha in my opinion. Charles is like a little bit more that could have been developed there, but... (sighs) I don't even know. I didn't, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> yes, well, okay, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I want to say I was hope Charles Mellon. Mm. We need some Asian representation, you know, like not just Asian. I'm not talking about like, hey, we just casted someone right out of Korea or someone right out of, um, if it were a different movie, like something of Asian descent. It's like an Asian American person, like an actual Asian American. Wait, is he actually American? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, he was born in Alaska. Oh, okay, cool. So, the, yeah, he, yeah, like an actual perfect. Asian American. How many Asian American representation or Asian American actors, you know, I can think of? Yeah. Well, we got John Cho. We got John Cho. John Cho. Steven Yun. Louis Tan. 
Damon Yoon. Louis Tan. <laughs> and well, Aquafina, right? We oh, also Aquafina. have female representation. We got oh. um Constance Wu. Constance Wu. Yep. Randall Park. Ken. What's his last name? G. Oh, uh, Ken Jeong. Is it? Uh, no. Yeah, Ken Jeong. I'm also thinking Randall Park. Yeah, Randall Park. Uh, so good amount, but like good old John Krasinski. Not not all there, you know. Like there's we could do better. <laughs> we can do better. Well, that one girl from Everything Every or Everything Everywhere All at Once. Her. It's funny. She's... I was just about to look it up because uh, I think she deserves the called out to you. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, oh man, this Sue? last name. So Asian last names are hard even for us. Yeah, Stephanie Sue. Sue. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, so, all right. So back to the movie. It's I was hopeful because I was like, you know, sweet. Like we don't get a lot of Asian American representation, especially in rom coms, as the lead character that that person is gonna fall in love with. Like name another movie. <laughs> 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 so. It just sucks because I really wanted it to be successful, especially because the book was so good. Gosh, there's something about Charles Melton, the way he delivers his dialogue. It's it feels possessive or entitled. Are you am I crazy or like, do you feel the same way? That's actually it's a very interesting way to put it. I would have to agree with that, but I will let you elaborate. (laughs) Well, it's just like when you say these lines, if you don't have that earnest then it's gonna come off creepy you know like previously you were talking about how like in the book episode you're talking about how yeah daniel's kind of like because he's pushing you know he's he's like fighting for it he's persistent and he's saying things like you're the one or like i'm in love with you this is real but like you have to say that from like a very honest innocent place you know otherwise (laughs) the way it came off in the movie it was possessive it's like like it's like no you don't have a choice it's almost like he's (laughs) i have this finger gun you don't have a choice you love me i love you (laughs) that's aggressive yeah but he didn't do that but it's it's that subtext of like possessiveness and it was it was bothersome because i did not picture daniel to be like that i yeah it's daniel should have been almost like uh ryan reynolds-esque right like the ideal man i understand ryan reynolds so it's like kind of a cop-out to say this but in uh let's what was the movie like uh the one with sandra bullock the proposal i think yeah the proposal proposal. it's very similar to that where he's like kind of standoffish or whatever but again whole different context but if we kind of took that same character delivery if you will to daniel again like there's that kind of flow where he's like again pushy however he convinces you right off the bat and that's the thing that i don't think charles Milton did for me as daniel is that he didn't convince me right away that he felt the same way as daniel it was more so again pushing the line itself versus making us feel the lines and so it didn't resonate it seemed like he wasn't in love you know like we we didn't feel like he wanted it like a good example of chemistry is the amazing spider-man emma stone and andrew garfield when they first meet and they're talking in that locker room locker area and then he's trying to like talk to her and like invite her out but it's very awkward and but like you can tell that they want each other but because of its like honesty like there's like an innocence to it or earnest or whatever it's just like their dialogue even though awkward it's so you wanting them to just like, yo, just just say it already. Just ask her out already. And then for people rooting for Emma Stone, it's like, or Gwen Stacy, it's like, 
yes, go out with him. You know, like he's he's really sweet. And that was what was missing in, in Daniel and this Daniel's uh, interpretation, I guess. It's he wasn't sweet. He wasn't charming because I feel like that would be that would help the relationship um, play better. I think even Yara was kind of struggling. And yeah, she did good. But there was also moments where it's like, man, she just, you know, saying her lines as well. And there's just that they don't have that connective. I don't even know. <laughs> I keep saying chemistry, but I'm running out of synonyms or I don't have a synonym for it. Yeah. That it, potion. <laughs> it, yeah, the potion. And it's probably because they just, I hate to say this, but I'm sure they focused on the fact that they wanted like really attractive people for the role. Oh my gosh. And I don't want to say that, you know, again, they're both good actors. It's just not necessarily in this case and we can talk about it you know like certain scenes that resonate with us but i think that's the main thing is like charles milton handsome squid squidward you know what i mean like handsome squidward, <laughs> handsome squidward. so i get it you know there's that appeal to them but for me i imagine daniel not like super super handsome Same. i think he was more so like <laughs> you know average looking is, is kind of subjective but like everyday like, run-of-the-mill person you know you like yeah. you would see subway and you'd be like eh, like cool could be good looking yeah, i could care less also same i agree with you i think not like <laughs> if we had a number scale of how attractive he is i want to say he's like a six or a seven and then he pushes to be a, a nine or a ten due to his like charm sweetness and all that like the good traits of um attraction you know and that's what makes uh, Natasha take that extra or fall in love you know they removed the scene and I noticed it immediately the amount of times I paused watching this movie is is insane <laughs> I <laughs> I would watch five to ten minutes and then I just pause it and I just I'm suffering but um the scene is in the book Daniel goes into this thrift store vinyl store whatever and then that's where he interacts with Natasha like for real like the first time kind of like inserting himself into her life and Natasha is already in there and she witnesses her ex-boyfriend that and her ex-boyfriend is with his girlfriend that he cheated on Natasha with <laughs> quite quite the love entanglement <laughs> you did not just use that word <laughs> well okay so the ex-boyfriend is non-existent in the movie like completely the scene isn't in the movie and um daniel witnesses the ex-boyfriend and girlfriend trying to steal something therefore he's able to kind of like kind of like do that you know when you're in line with a customer or with another average dude or woman or whatever and you're like, dang, this line is freaking long. You, like, you're just trying to start a small talk, you know, trying to bypass the time. <laughs> yeah. Like thinking out loud. You're thinking out loud and someone hears you. And then that's when, yeah, so like in a, a conversation sparks up. Yeah, he, he's initiating a conversation with Natasha in this moment. And due to that moment, it's almost like he's already giving himself permission to kind of. So when she leaves that store and he goes after her, and then that BMW scene happens. But we jump straight to the BMW scene in the movie. It was OK, I guess. I mean, it, it was the same. <laughs> it's just yeah. strange because I think if someone saves your life, you're like, oh, my God, thank you. Maybe a hug or something like that. If you're that expression, you're expressionable if you're that expressive. expressionist oh yeah expressive but she sits down with him at like a bench or something like that and then they have this conversation but i feel like yeah. well one is new york everyone is in a rush everyone's trying to get from a to b so it's like oh thank you for saving my life uh but i really gotta go boom and then you take off <laughs> 
I think removing the thrift store scene removes that spark between Natasha and Daniel to justify her staying after the BMW save. Yeah, same. And in the movie, Daniel first sees her on the train. Um, yeah and then they and then he follows her so that's why it's like a little bit difficult to uh, i get kind of get into that but in the book so i i get that both moments in the book and the movie try to make it where they have a bit of like a hero a heroic moment to bond over however the vinyl store moment is way more impactful because it's both him and tasha going in and have like trying to stand up for what they believe in right there's the connection there for sharing values Daniel's, yes yeah yeah absolutely and then you know daniel just saving tasha <laughs> unintended it falls flat you know like you know they it falls flat for me and it doesn't show that they're both people of value and that's probably the biggest thing i, I you know now that we're talking about it, i think that's like the biggest thing thinking about this is that they don't share the same values uh even so let me go back a little bit they're both way different people right natasha is very logical very practical she thinks with her mind and not her heart daniel's a little bit the other way around he's very expressive like you mentioned emotional but their values is what ties them together and what you know creates that spark and so not having that moment in the vinyl scene doesn't establish anything for us that's where it 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 makes that's where the issue comes in and the rest of the movie we feel that also they share like a laugh too together in that vinyl store they're they're also it's almost like a partner in crime type of moment because they're in it's almost like they're in cahoots for this moment and they're trying to like get Mm -hmm. rob and that girl caught which they do get caught trying to steal that vinyl and then it's almost like they saved the day together you know it when you share that type of moment together she starts to kind of like him not for sure, maybe not even consciously out loud, but it does inject that thought of like, oh, I might like this guy, just even as a friend, you know? You kind of need that initial thought first before the the BMW save, because then now it's like, oh my gosh, thought I liked you before, but now you save my life? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of yeah. like doubles it, the, the feeling of likeness, I guess, if that's a thing. And then she can stay after that. And talk to him some more to to kind of get to know him a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like the the crush, they establish a crush, and I think that's important in a relationship. You don't end up, you know, going and okay. Rarely do you ever go up to someone and then right off the bat try to spark something up, and that's what the BMW scene kind of brought into play. Whereas again, the book establishes a crush first. You know, the moment where they try to do this thing, try to get Rob in trouble and his girlfriend, then they share that laugh. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. Like we're seeing the tensions fly versus again just getting saved and then Daniel's like brute forcing his way into this relationship. It's like <laughs> that's that's not the way to do it, my guy. But Yeah, see that's just one we... scene. Yeah, this is just one scene. <laughs> hey, we made it that's like what, five, ten minutes into the movie? We still got a whole movie. <laughs> and yes. so doesn't that kind of come into alignment of what I was talking about earlier, where Daniel comes off possessive, like entitled, 100%. like it, it's it's part of that, that douchebag stereotype. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah. he's like, I need this, or I deserve this, or you have to be mine. And it's, it's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the one thing I do appreciate, though, is like, they they were both born and raised in new york so like they have east coast energy that's like one of the most important things to remember is east coast energy is very 
in your face for the most part. I guess that's where they're trying to take it for Charles and Mel, you know, Charles and and Tasha. I, that's the one thing that I think they've captured <laughs> is that East Coast energy, very straightforward, very direct, and like because uh, you know Tasha is not afraid to speak her mind, right? And yeah. that's one thing I really like about it. So they kept that in there for her. She was very powerful as a female, and then. Charles, the same thing, like, again, pushy, like, super direct, not it's just, charming. The thing is that it wasn't flirty, know what I mean? Yes. Sometimes, Ooh, yeah, like, you can be, you can be direct, you can be, like, you can say what's on your mind, but you can, you know, have you ever had those flirty moments with people in the past where, like, it sounds like they're saying something offensive, but it's not really offensive, because it's almost like, hey, we're at the boundary of, like, we can talk shit. But it's it's funny and like flirty ish. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like the mom's like, yeah, it's like oh, you stupid, you stupid bitch. <laughs> like I, I have a coworker that I, I just curse at all the time, but it's all in like good <laughs> fun, you know. That there's a lackluster of that between the exchanges between Natasha and Daniel. That missing ingredient didn't allow us to believe that this relationship was possible. Like this relationship, it's it's like trying to start a fire, but the wood is wet. <laughs> Yes. Ooh, well done. Thank you. Golf claps for you on that Golf one. Claps. That's it. <laughs> thank that you. That's a good uh, metaphor. <laughs> but it's it's not working out, you know. It's <laughs> for example, there was this flirty moment they tried to do when they go to that restaurant. That's it like a Chinese restaurant or something, some Asian restaurant. Do you know tea shop? I think, so. it, I think it was a technically a coffee shop, maybe a tea shop. Yeah. But they go to a place. <laughs> they go. <laughs> All right. So they're uh, they're sharing this table together and they're talking or whatever. And then, oh, it's a Thai shop because. Oh, yes. Based on yeah. what the quote is that I'm about to say. <laughs> well, Daniel tries to say, or Natasha said something about Pad Thai. And then, um, wait, she I'm remembering. Her, his, I think he, uh, she says something about his plaid tie. Oh, plaid tie. And then tie. he's good. Yeah. And then he's like, Pad Thai? That's racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And he did not do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Have you it pulled a racist flat. card? Oh, 100%. All the time. For, for funny reasons, right? For like comedic yeah. moments? Yeah. I still do to this day to, to my wife. Like, <laughs> she'll say something. You know, we're both Asians. Like, but she'll say something like... Uh, Dude, we did that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Where it was like a like chopstick... Uh, like a chopstick joke, I think she said. She said something about using chopsticks or whatever. And I was like, that's racist. What? Why do I have to use chopsticks? Why? Because I'm, I'm Vietnamese or whatever. And she's like, this doesn't make any sense because I'm Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we all use chopsticks. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just... Yeah. It's funny, but the way he delivered it was like so straightforward. It was like, it wasn't even funny. It was like, dang, I think he actually took offense. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, is he hurt a little bit? <laughs> but it was meant to be a joke and he tried to make it a joke and it, uh, it fell very flat and yeah. gross. It, this oh. was a moment Yara missed for me too. You know, like I think what she could have saved it had she Agreed. played off of it a little bit better. However, it just didn't happen. It was just it was just like a moment where he said the line and then she reacted to it. And then that's kinda all we get. And so and the crazy I thing is not a it's not an authentic reaction either. It's it's yes. almost like she already had something planned to react. The the way if I were Natasha <laughs> Let me just embody Natasha, this beautiful Jamaican woman. <laughs> yeah. 
like she she could have teased him some more or something like that it's racist <laughs> or you know something more bigger uh, but i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is I, I i read a little bit into the background of how they shot the whole movie i can understand what we actually get, in my opinion, from their performance is actually them being tired because they're shooting in New York. You know, like we have the uh, the station scene. They have to do 40 takes, but they had to wait for certain moments because they only had the, the the place, quote unquote, rented out for like an, like an hour or 30 minutes or something, a super short amount of time. And same thing with a lot of the scenes that they shot were very, they had to be done quickly, but they had to do a bunch of it all at once. And so what came across is more so like it's a, it's a tired, annoyed response to me. She's like, uh, that wasn't even funny, dude. Like, I wasn't even trying to be racist. You know, like... Most people would just walked away, but because of the story, you know, she stays there. And so that's what it felt like to me is like, she's just tired <laughs> and she's going through a lot. If you think about the character, but the performance is like, it was slightly tired. Well, yeah, it's, we can make excuses all day and <laughs> like, it's, it is a shame. It is a shame that like guerrilla movie making, you have to kind of just like, all right, everybody do like get in there now and then shoot like one, two, three, and then boom. All right, everybody back off because now we need to let people walk or something like that or let the train go. It does suck. There are complications in filming movies or even short films or whatever. You still have to bring the character to life. Like you still have to, your your job as an actor <laughs> is still to tell that story. They do need chemistry and they do need to fall in love and play off each other very well. So I don't know. We I do know what it's like to shoot a film and I'm tired and then I watch the final products and yeah, I'm tired and it sucks and the performance Surely. sucks. So, you know, if Yara looks back on her performance, she might not feel too great about it either. So we can't fault her for it. It's just as fans of the book and seeing the movie, it just hurts that it didn't hit. Yeah. And they did that. <laughs> I get it. You know, like there are moments that I want to talk about. So there's like every scene with both of their parents, so for Tasha and for Daniel, those are the scenes I was looking most forward to. Oh my God. And me too. It was good. However, it didn't have the same impact that it did in the books because, you know, in the movie, Daniel goes up to his parents and like, I don't even know. Like, you could just tell, like, you guys aren't of that one. Oh so my was, gosh, it, dude. Reminding us that they're acting, and that's the problem. They weren't convincing. Ooh, they kept reminding me. I like so, that. Like, it, it's so hard to rewatch those scenes because, you know, the, the parents were good, but we don't also have the same scenes that we do in the book as well. So, like, when Tasha goes back home after a moment, and I'm kind of skipping forward a little bit, but her confrontation with her dad doesn't have the same impact that it did in the book. Actually, well, first off, it didn't even happen. <laughs> but, yeah. And so that's like one thing I was really hoping for. Same thing with Daniel's parents, you know, when the fight happened, like we don't get anything much after that. Like, oh man, like, you're dropping, dropping so much right now. Like, <laughs> okay, so I want to circle back to what you were saying, how they didn't feel like a family. Like that beginning shot and like right before Daniel leaves the house and there's that exchange in the kitchen where his brother's there and then his mom is there and then he has this conversation with his mom and i was like now that you pointed it out i was like oh that's what it is yeah they they really don't feel like a family at all like which sucks because it's like man when's the next time we'll get like an asian family like asian american family immigrant parents in the same scene 
to to represent our struggles or expectations, like the things that we grew up with and is not implemented in the one movie <laughs> that, that would be able to do it all. But yeah, it felt the, the exchange with the mom was like, here's my lines. I'm your mother because the script said so. And then your brother. <laughs> Did you like the brother? Uh, I thought he was fine. He came off very uh, resentful, which in the book, we I didn't get the feeling that he was like that resentful of everything, right? Because he was the star kid, apparently. Like, you know, like through the whole time, the parents like loved him, essentially, you know, like that's what he got, <laughs> the feeling that we get. So because of that, like, I don't think he should have felt as resentful in the movie as he should have been. He should have been more cocky and been a lot more... It's know, that like external it. external shell that he's kind of like, well, it's he's running away from his internal reality. Like he, mm-hmm. it's almost like self-racist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when, cause he doesn't want to be Korean because you can call that as like, I don't know, maybe it's due to bullying. Maybe it's being made fun of. Maybe it's because you can never fit into America and they're not allowing you to fit into America. And he made it into Harvard. So like imagine like the type of bullying you would get from other prestigious uh, dudes or dudettes. It, <laughs> it's people that are rejecting his nationality. Therefore, he's also rejecting his nationality because he wants to fit in. He wants to be an American and just own that. In the book, yeah, he he refuses to speak Korean or acknowledge his Korean side at all because he he's just like running from it. He hates it. You know, he doesn't want to own it anymore. He is the star child, but he hates himself, like, for being Korean. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I almost thought that he he should have been Daniel instead. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you're, I'm not the only one because I was like, dude, he would have been a really good Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, because he doesn't look too much like a douchebag. Um, Wait, is the brother's name Charles? It is, isn't it? It is (laughs) in the book. Charles yeah, should right. have played Charles, <laughs> and then the oh, dude wait, playing, yes. <laughs> and then the dude playing Charles should have played Daniel. Because yeah. there were some moments where he said those like very aggressive type of lines, and I felt like it was too, <laughs> it too. Um, he's like pushing the lines, kind of like making the lines work. Uh, it see, was like inauthentic. A common theme. It was a very common theme throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, you know, like. Jake Choi is uh, his name. So Charles in the movie. Uh, I thought he did a fine job. Yeah. But one thing I did resonate uh, more so in the book that I don't think we touched on before is that, you know, as a kid, we got made fun of a lot. And I did have a a moment where I resented the fact that, you know, I, I was Vietnamese, that I wasn't white. You know, Same. because we get called, you know, slanted eyes and stuff like that. And like, there's tons of jokes around it. And at first you don't realize like, you know, as a kid, it hurts, but you don't really realize why it hurts for a second. And now that we've had more experiences, more time to grow, really because we didn't feel like we fit in. And Daniel or sorry, Charles really captures that moment because he's smart. He's a good dude. But because he gets bullied so often or his his differences are pointed out, he becomes another character in this fantastic book of characters that we continue to resonate with. I don't think there is one character in the book that was represented that I couldn't be like, yeah, I know exactly where why that person feels the way they're feeling versus in the movie. You're just like, I hate all these people because <laughs> like, I can't I can't. 
I don't understand you guys. Like Natasha is just so like uh she's not bad, so she's not one of the worst ones. I understand her dilemma, so like that's fine. But Daniel, right? You kinda hate Daniel because he's so pushy and stuff. I'm like, dude, can you back off the over some time? <laughs> you know, like same thing Charles and I don't know. It's just so it sucks because none of the characters in the movie have that same feeling, same vibe. Like they weren't a full fledged character. It it's exactly superficial as as it is. It's like they're cardboard cutouts of the real characters in the book. And that's a shame because we don't resonate well with cardboard. <laughs> but yeah, the whole self-racist thing, it's like we all, it, it's like we get told by it so much, like you're Vietnamese or like you probably eat dog or something like that, something racist. And we reject ourselves because we want to fit in or we not fit in per se. We want to have friends. We do not want to be alone, which is what it feels like when you're the only Asian in this entire class of like white and black and Hispanic, you know, when we grew up, the only Asian people were, were us, right? Yeah. And then later on, later on, there was one or two more Asian kids that showed up to that school, but that, you know, it's just like, boom, our family. And then it's like one or two other Asian people. And that's it. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> until we moved, but like it was very difficult. Just like and not realizing it. And it's not that we had like terrible childhoods and then we got I would say at least for me, I can only talk for myself, but there are points that, you know, I got past that and was really able to hold it against my own, right? Like that's the the other thing is like if you can't hold your own, even if people are, are sending out racist jokes and you can't dish it back back then, like it's very that that dynamic has to happen so that you kind of garner respect and stuff. And so it was kind of interesting growing up. It, oh, actually, this is a tangent, but, you know, in the movie, just to bring it back, Charles, again, he didn't have that same feeling where he was like fighting against his culture. He just more so seemed that he was mad at Daniel specifically. Oh, yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, he's just a dick to Daniel. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, this is not it. Like, you're you're not mad at Daniel. You know, you're mad at yourself essentially in your culture but we don't get that like it seems like they had a brother feud the whole time like daniel wasn't nice either you know daniel also uh and, and maybe they were trying to represent that brotherly love oh, kind of thing my gosh I, it's it's I definitely lie. the wrong source of anger as you were saying it's rejecting your asian side so much so that when he looks at daniel he is constantly reminded that he is Korean because Daniel doesn't reject his Korean side and yeah. Daniel doesn't mind speaking Korean and being Korean. So like when Charles, the brother sees Daniel, he doesn't like hate him per se. He's just rejecting him. So therefore the lines kind of come off. Mm -hmm. You can read it as a dick, but that's not the actual context. It's mm -hmm. Jesus, dude. Come on. Like, why are you doing this? I'm trying to fucking fit in, you know, <laughs> like yeah. uh, in a, in the book, he's when they were younger kids and Charles was riding his bike with his friends. I assume they were white. Uh, and his brother Daniel was trying to like run after him and like keep up. But like he was he was being left in the dust. You know, he's trying to like literally avoid him, like leave him, <laughs> make him disappear. He's not he doesn't want any ties to being Korean. And yeah, so I, it's 
that's an important to bring up too because we also don't get that in the movie yeah like we don't have those small moments where like oh this is this is why the relationship is the way it is this is why Carl is who he is we don't get that necessarily like it and if we have those moments it, it falls flat again and it's more so it, it just comes off dickish like it, it's just like wow you just really hate the world versus oh you really just hate yourself <laughs> so well i think even if you were to play the character like if you hated yourself i think even that choice would have been a better decision than just being a dick f just for the sake of being a dick because then now there's there's a little bit more depth to the character if you hate yourself of course that's different <laughs> <laughs> so our favorite moment from the book does not exist in the movie <laughs> it's a shame it's a crying shame it's um it's a darn shame because it's a moment that i'm sure many first generation Americans with immigrant parents probably faced, you know, bringing home a friend or a potential significant other that is a different race and then having them stand outside and you're about to go in and you're just like, I right, stay here and you go in and, <laughs> you know, you kind of put them down a little bit because you're ashamed or you're not brave enough or courageous enough to face the reality, the conversation to have with your elders and really fight for your friend, you know? It's it's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So in the book, we're talking about the do-over moment. And that do-over moment was probably one of the most impactful for us when we discussed it because it showed a moment where Daniel at first was very nervous to bring Tasha into the store and have her meet his parents, even though he, you know, really wanted it to happen. And then he comes back out and was like, wait a second, this isn't right. I really like you. I want to do this. Yeah, I want to respect you. That, that's a big thing is that I want to show that I respect you. So let's do this over. Uh, let's go ahead and, you know, let, let's go inside together. Like, I want him to see us. That's something that resonated with us because throughout our childhood, the same thing, like you have to date within your race, you have to date within your culture, uh, inside your religion too. That was another big one. And we've had a lot of moments in our lives where we saw a lot of conflict when we did date outside of it and, you know, bring up the fact that we liked so-and-so or, you know, or even brought him over or brought him over. And like, there was like implications. No, it's not even tension, <laughs> tension for sure. Yeah. Like There's... between the younger generation and the older generation, because we're like, we want to like who we want to like. And then they're like, no, 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 you have to continue on the lineage or whatever. And yeah, it was difficult facing that too growing up because yeah, you just don't realize like it's hard, <laughs> you know, like, well, we, we, we just don't know what to say. Not... Like, I remember that one moment back then. It was like um, it was some party. I think it was like Thanksgiving or something like that. And we're all at our grandparents' house. And then we had, it was like he, like there was an announcement, our grandpa. Mm -hmm. And he was just telling us who we should date or who we can date. And mm -hmm. we're all there. It's all of our cousins, our parents. It's this crowded room. Just, mm -hmm. I don't even know, like 50 of us. I don't even know. And the air is just so thick. It's, it's, <laughs> we're, our heads are down and we're just like oh my gosh like we don't even know what to say right now it's and it, you know it feels like we just got roasted <laughs> <laughs> not even roasted we were put on a fire oh yeah oh yeah to, we were burnt you know? to a crisp and uh silenced yeah. <laughs> so to also blend this moment in with another one is daniel's conversation with his father in the book he the father does a good job showing that he loves daniel and accepts him the way he is in his own way that's something to kind of connect it with our 
life too is, you know, we mentioned our grandpa, you know, very traditional at first. And before he passed away, there was a moment, I think it was like a year before he passed away, that he actually sat us all down and we we saw a change of character and not everyone was there. I don't know. I don't remember if you were there for that, but there was a change of character where he actually sat a few of us down and said that, you know, you can love whoever you want to love now, so long as you're happy. He told us that. And I almost cried in that moment because I was like, whoa, this is not the same. <laughs> what we got years before and, you know. Yeah, like I think I was there. Okay. Yeah, I was going to cry it just, too. It's... It was crazy. Like, it was crazy hearing him say that specifically because of what happened before when we told you guys. Like, you know, so we, we see this change in character. Same thing. Daniel's dad doesn't necessarily break down and, like, you know, go, goes in, uh, it's like, okay, you, you demand these things, fine, I'll break, I'll cave, you know, it isn't that, it's more so, yes, Daniel has certain expectations on him, but because he's an individual, his father sees that, he he respects it, and allows Daniel to continue to make his own choices, even though, again, there are certain expectations and things set up for him, and so, another beautiful moment that (laughs) doesn't necessarily happen the way we want it to in the movie, yeah, I don't know your thoughts well, on that. Well, it's, it's, yeah, exactly like what you said. It's, it's not in the movie, and which sucks because the casting of their father, I, he looked very earnest. He looked very like someone that, that cares yeah. for his kids. And I was like, oh man, that's good casting. And then the dialogue, be- the exchange between him and Daniel after Daniel finally like punches Charles in the face and they have this moment. He, he was just angry. <laughs> like Daniel was angry and he had like this super angry face or whatever, frustrated face. And his dad did not give him that same speech of like, hey, if you want to go to a different college, go for it. Just know that you have to pay for it, which is the closest you can get to acceptance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Rather than like only listen to me, like only do this, only do that. And then we have a background in the book, we have like a background of why his father came to be who he is. So then we feel empathetic towards him. He had to develop this hardened shell and this idea that you needed to do this because he did not want his son to have the same life that he did growing up, which was really shitty because he did not make a lot of money and he struggled and it sucked. And None of that was in the movie, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to. You. I'm still laughing. This this is the one thing in the book where I was like, "Wait, you you're okay with Daniel going to a different college, but he has to pay for himself. But he was gonna get into a really expensive school, and you're willing to pay for that? Like, <laughs> if he goes to college, he goes to college, and you'd want him to go to the cheaper one. Essentially, I don't know. That that part was confusing me. But yeah, the moment wasn't there. Um, well, it, I think it, I think that when you have your heart or mind tunnel vision on Yale or Harvard or whatever prestigious school it is, it's like, all right, I'm willing to support you to go to this school and help you pay for it because I also believe that you're going to find success. Therefore, I'm willing to go through the struggle of working long ass hours to pay for it. I I don't like they're not rich. So I think Daniel going to a different college and making him pay for it's also kind of like, I don't support you doing that. Therefore, you have to pay for yourself. That's why it's not a full like acceptance. <laughs> it's just more so like, yeah, you know, he has it, to, like it, earn it himself and yeah, build himself up from yeah the bottom up. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, 
Let's get into also, by the way, I can't wait for this moment because the karaoke scene. Oh my God. Oof. Oh gosh. Okay. Do you want to go first or me? <laughs> Let me try. Let me try. Okay, I'll try okay, to go okay. first because cool. at first I was like, okay, actually this is not bad. You know, like this is a scene that should represent their relationship blossoming and going to the next stage. And it wasn't bad <laughs> overall. And, you know, like, Charles is showing his goofy, funny side, trying to be charming. However, it's this this whole scene represents how he's been the whole time. And you mentioned this. It's very possessive, entitled. It's like, hey, you got to sit there, listen to me sing, and you will fall in love because of it. Ah, gosh, it just didn't feel all that great. And same thing, Tasha's just sitting there like, oof, I kind of don't want to be here, <laughs> in my opinion, even though she seems somewhat to enjoy it. And, you know, in the movie, again, you know, she's, she has like, four hours left or whatever it is to before she has to go back and so it's hard for her to enjoy the moment again excuse or not i don't know but it was so cringy to me it was cringy i had to skip a little bit ahead because i was like i can't watch (laughs) (laughs) okay so there's a good cringe and bad cringe this is bad cringe and so in the book it's supposed to be kind of cringy too because it's a moment okay first of all karaoke is kind of like scary in the first place so (laughs) to even do it embarrassingly and to have full confidence and to have like full like vulnerability if you can do that it's sweet it's kind of romantic it's probably gonna work out (laughs) (laughs) but we don't get that we it wasn't even like a karaoke scene per se because they (sighs) first off i don't think that was him singing do you think it was him singing (laughs) I don't think so. When you pointed it out, I was like, you know what? You're right. I don't know if that's him singing. Oh my gosh. I, I'm I'm just like stuck on how to even <laughs> say this. Okay. So, you know, in High School Musical, Zac Efron didn't sing his lines or sing yeah. his songs in that movie. It was Drew Seeley. Yeah. First two no, movies he, he didn't sing. No, he sang in the second one. You, you don't remember Bet On It? Bet On It, Bet On It. Bet yeah. I thought that was Drew Seeley still until the third one. No, no, no. Juicy Lee only did the first one. So, you know, give give, uh, Zac Efron some credit here. (laughs) But anyways, before we even knew that it was Drew Seeley singing, we believed that it was Zac Efron. We don't really get that with Daniel here singing. And the way he was singing, I was like, no way are you like barely moving your mouth right now and singing this high of a flipping (sighs) note. (laughs) and then it goes into like this montage of like what their future should be like and i'm like what (laughs) thank you yeah i was so confused by it i was like this does this happen in the book no it doesn't right like when they have it like there there is but it's supposed to be through natasha's point of view but it's i think that's why i remember it differently it's it wasn't done right it wasn't done right in the movie in the book you follow it along because natasha is talking about oh like he's singing to me and then that's when she kind of starts daydreaming and then that's when she starts to kind of like develop hope and like feelings for daniel because no one's like ever done this for her before so it's it's kind of like opening that relation up to bigger possibilities but in this movie it felt like they were both daydreaming this or something Uh, yeah i don't know i'm not a fan of it (laughs) i don't know how to label it poorly done i I was confused too i was like i don't know who's seeing this like this is odd that they're showing it was also confusing it didn't seem like at first like a uh, a daydream you know they kind of went right into it and i was like wait a second why is this why is there a time skip (laughs) hold on here this is not supposed to happen and so doesn't 
establish again that they're building their relationship or or anything it just seems weird that they're going to this next level and then we kind of snap back to it and then you know afterwards it, there's a moment there that i think is really nice um but yeah i i think it's just i don't know i hate that scene in this movie is just so hard to watch. <laughs> we oh, continue to... There has been plenty of scenes that were so hard to watch. <laughs> but you know what other scene I'm talking about, right? The one that has like a very like nice moment. It's actually the one genuine moment in this whole movie uh, is when Daniel goes to his interview finally and she kind of like oh, sets yeah, him yeah. off. Oh, yeah. I have that in my notes where where he's about to go in and then he does that like rotation in the door. Yeah. And then I was like, that is what we needed that exactly. for the whole freaking movie we just needed that snippet but like for the other 99 percent of the movie yeah and then and then that would have been a good movie <laughs> and then yeah and then it would have been closer to to what the book would have would have wanted but oh my gosh and tasha doesn't sing in here too but she does sing in the book and she's like really bad but there's also like there's something so innocent and like when it's so authentic it's like oh yeah they're a bad singer but you love them anyway type of thing and we don't get to see that exchange between daniel in his mind because then daniel's like oh wow she's like absolutely shit <laughs> But he likes her anyways. Anyways. Yeah, likes her more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I mean, it takes courage, you know, like to sing without a big voice and whatever. Singing in general is really difficult. So like to do <laughs> it without confidence in voice, it's like, wow, they're, they're down. They're down to have fun. <laughs> yeah. I wish that moment was better. I really do. Like that could, it, honestly, in my opinion, if that scene had been done better and it was how it was represented in the book it may have saved the whole movie because we finally have a transition in their relationship where tasha feels the same way he does and and it's confirmed not For just sure. like playful back and forth it's confirmed like she is falling in love and it moves forward and then we continue to have those clashing moments like this scene could have saved the whole movie but it just went down with it <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, you're right about how they don't have levels in their relationship. Like, they're not stepping up. Like, we're not part of that journey. We're just seeing things happen. It's like these two are, they're already together, but for the story is like keeping them apart. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like how it went. Cause after that karaoke sequence, she just like got on top of him and then like they're going at it. It was much better in the book because then it's like, oh, like, because she's been denying and rejecting this relationship, denying this to be a thing the whole entire time. So, like, it's a big moment for Tasha to to commit to the whole, oh, I can see us being together. And then they, like, have that tender moment. And then she has to break it off and, like, dip out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... And so... <laughs> oh gosh like if again there there's so many times where if there was a better foundation to the relationship in the beginning of the movie if the characters in the movie were established like they were in the book had those been better it could have saved the whole movie and in the movie this is another thing i'm actually very mad about is that they don't dive into the side characters like oh my god do, yeah you know the door person the security guard the, the the waiter like the waitress sorry like those are all beautiful moments that show a very heavy theme in the whole book which is you know every character has its has their own story and i wish we got little bits of that and the only one that we really see is of course the parents but also the lawyer so played by uh, i always butcher his last name but john 
Leguizamo. Leguizamo. He is the only one that we kind of see because they yeah, also changed scene... the story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like it's just a quick moment where again there's a, a cyclist that gets hit, and so that's why you know the lawyer wasn't there, and you find out like it's because he got hit, and it's like oh my gosh, like why can't you just keep it? to the book and you can yeah. even do that as quickly as you did the cycling scene you know like ah man the characters the other the side characters on here were done dirty because they weren't included all the but... characters were done dirty <laughs> <laughs> which kind of says something because we you know you, you're not supposed to really like the lawyer in the book because of his failure but then I guess you kind of get over it um, because they end up together anyway at the end. The So circling back to when Daniel goes to his interview and then this is a weird reveal because Tasha barges into the interview and this is how they find out they were talking to the same lawyer. I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> because, okay, so in the book, Daniel goes to the interview and then he starts ignoring the interview and he's like, oh, you're working on Natasha's case, right? What's going to happen? And then that's when the lawyer breaks down the terrible news. And then he feels like shit. And he's like, all right, so now the interview is over. And then he finds Tasha and they're up at like mm. a rooftop or something. And then he del delivers the bad news. And then it's like this moment of like, I'm sorry. Like Now they share this car ride back to Natasha's house. And then it's that conf uh, Natasha confronting her dad, you know, because now she's overwhelmed with feeling they, they had this hope and then they lost, but we don't have that. We have Natasha barging into the interview and then she's like, wait, what does your interview shoot my bad? And then the lawyer is like, sorry, you're going to get deported. And then she's like, what? And then she like full sends into like depression or whatever, or hysteric, hysterical. And then she blames Daniel. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> like it was his fault. I, I you spent this whole day with him like like you, what i oh my gosh i paused it right there and i just yeah oh, like, I, I wonder if she assumed that daniel like ruined her chances or something but it definitely didn't make any sense and it, it could also be her projecting her frustrations out onto him because he's the closest person to her at the moment i would guess but yeah it just made no sense and like the lawyer's off. supposed to be scummy but like also he, he isn't supposed to be like super, super scummy, but it's supposed to be a scene, if it were to be done like the book, it's supposed to be a scene that Natasha, or, you know, Natasha feels like now it's out of her control. She's done everything she can. Uh, there's this one moment she puts it into the lawyer's hand and the lawyer fails her. In the, in the movie though, the lawyer just straight up is like, nah, sorry about it. You know, essentially, like, yeah. it, just seems, it seems like he didn't try or anything versus like, I don't know. It, it was just oddly done again. You know, like it just did not feel right. Yeah, there's no buildup. There's no like it's anticlimactic. It's like it, it didn't even build up why she was going to get deported. It's eh, it's just so heartless. It's so not heartless yeah. like in that moment. Heartless meaning like filmmaking for this movie was heartless. It's like where where's all the good pieces from the book? Where's the <laughs> good like ah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's like they skimmed the book and they're like, oh, okay, so the, these two are supposed to fall in love and there's some difficulty in between. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here you have it. You know, we're going to we're gonna tell you what you want to order at a restaurant. We're going to make it for you, but don't have your expectations very high. It's essentially what it is. Like, yeah. So anyway, this is all to say, read the book, don't watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there's like an, a different kind of theme in the book too. It's almost like, hey, even though you tried your best or like everything's going to connect or come back later or, you know, 
it's right, right. there's this like longer scheme that life or the universe kind of has to offer you because Tasha's into the whole universe and like cosmos and stuff like that. Not really astrology, but it is kind of like similarly themed, like how the universe is connected. So like when we have these glimpses of these side characters that Natasha affected in these small gestures, small moments to her, but really, really big, phenomenal moments for these side characters. It kind of gives us this idea that like, oh, wait, this can happen because or this relationship can work out even if we get this ter- terrible moment of the lawyer messing it up and then Natasha still gets deported because hey the universe is going to hook you up because you positively impacted these other people along the way here you know yeah it's a whole right. universe thing but they don't have it in the film it's just yeah that's, that's a great way to put it because if the movie went the route of uh valentine's day the movie yeah i don't know if you remember that where everyone's connected in like specific ways with everything everywhere all at once if those two movies collided somehow and had these characters that would have been a good book and i say that because valentine's day is connected they showed multiple characters and their backgrounds perfectly well done right and the thing is they still focused on two main characters in the whole in the whole movie everything everywhere all at once had a great family aspect to it and that's why it it impacted us so heavily and so that's why i'm choosing these two movies specifically because yeah i was i was wondering how you were going to connect that <laughs> do you get what i'm saying though because like, yeah they have the connections just like we had in the book and all the small details all the small moments between the side characters matters to tasha's journey so the fact that we don't get that we also don't feel like her belief in the universe is real she just believes that bad things are going to happen to people and that's all it is and it's not that it's like you have a journey you have a path the the world's going to give you what it's going to give you and you have to choose how to react to it and if you believe enough right and i mentioned the string theory in the book episode you're going to get you're going to end up meeting a per, like the per, the person that impacted you most again no matter what like even if it's 10 years later like we see and we can talk about beginning of the book versus the end of the movie because that's also important how they did yeah. it but you know like tasha in the book those small moments led her to the moment at the end is what i'm getting at and so that's another thing like the movie missed completely is just like those connections again just to, to bring that out there but that's why it's so hard to be on tasha's side too because we don't see her as this person that is actually making an impact on other people's lives and that's why we root for her to stay here we don't want her to get deported because she's like you know well, yeah, exactly. It's these side characters that add depth to Tasha because it's like we see, we learn about Tasha through these side characters, that she is a nice person, that she is deserving to stay in America and that she is an American, not just saying that she's an American, but like she's not a terrible person that, and she's getting deported and we're like, screw you, Tasha, just go home. It's like, no, she should be here. Like she's... <laughs> Look at all these people that she's helping out right now and then she's going to get deported. It's it helps. Well, it makes us feel bad that she's going to get deported, but we don't feel bad in the movie at all. We're just like, well, that happened. And then I don't know. There's no feeling. There's no greater depth to the overall story. It's so shallow. The story is so shallow or like superficial. Therefore, our characters are also shallow, superficial. We don't reach greater depths of what they can offer like in the book eh, it's just damn shame yeah and this change too in the end 
hurt the movie even more somehow it just somehow hurt the movie even more because for some reason you know oh yeah natasha gets deported and i believe in the book it was like five year difference and then in the movie it was like a 10 year difference that small detail was in there really i was like that doesn't matter but um instead of meeting at the same restaurant sorry uh instead of meeting them getting mixed up did they meet in the restaurant in the book or in the movie in, in the, the movie, movie right yeah yeah cause daniel is working at the restaurant and then Tasha is just there trying to look for Daniel. And she goes to like the lawyer for a second. And then it's like, all right, I'm just going to give up for now because New York's too big and it's years later. And so she's sitting there and I guess about to leave. And then she, like Daniel reads the poem and she like, he she, speaks like, into the, yeah, he's like, yeah. I have a poem. <laughs> and, and she turns around like, and it's no like, no way. There's no way you would have caught that. You know, in real life, like, there's, there's no way, like, if, like, that moment, she stopped before he even spoke. And I don't know, it was just like, oh, it was right, too you know, orchestrated. It, you can tell the choreography was like, all right, do this and this and this. It wasn't natural in, mm -hmm. in movement or, you know, in what someone would do to fall. <sighs> it's kind of like, <laughs> have you seen La La Land? Yes. Yeah. La La Land. So like the ending of La La Land, where they already separated, they went their separate ways, and then Ryan Gosling's character is now, you know, a performer. He gets to hop on the piano at this performance, and then he has this song, and he's about to play, and then he looks out into the audience, and then he sees Emma Stone's character, and then like they just have, they share a glimpse, right? Like a look. That is probably what should have happened <laughs> for for yeah. this son is also a star movie but we don't get that and yeah 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 so meeting on a plane is is also way more the, the the odds of that also to me would probably be way lower than meeting at a restaurant that you guys have been around on the same block meeting on a plane in the book was just so much more uh how do i put this it because of the odds of being so low you it's coincidental well, actually, you take out the fact that it's coincidental, right? Then you kind of tweak your mind and be like, all right, this is definitely fate because there's no way ever like we would be on the same flight at the same time. And it's been years later. Exactly. That's why it works so well, because it pushes that boundary of being coincidental. Now it's fate. Now it's destiny. Yeah. And that's kind of like the underlying theme of the book, too. You know, like we're all connected by this bigger, grand plan you know <laughs> so in the movie right when it reached um when i realized that the argument between tasha's character and or tasha and her dad wasn't the same in the book i was like oh this is the ending and then i started to <laughs> i kept tapping forward skipping because i was like yeah whatever this this is this is done and then i skimmed through the rest of the the film <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it just sucks man meeting on the plane yeah of course uh what you said it's we throw coincidental coincidence aside and then believe in fate and then that glimpse of that oh yeah this is another connection of the side character because in the that um flight attendant was actually that tsa lady or uscis oh. lady that yeah. was going to suicide, but she didn't. And then she sees Tasha again 10 years later and then mentions this moment that they shared at that security check-in. And then she says, Natasha. And that's when Daniel looks up from his seat from the airplane yeah. or in the plane. And then Great it call. ends. Yeah. But. Golly, dude. See, that, that was <sighs> so much more beautiful. Like, that makes so much more sense if you brought in all the connections and have someone else be the one to connect them to again. Oh, oh, oh my. 
<laughs> this movie. Don't watch it. Don't. don't <laughs> yeah. Don't. It's, it's gonna ruin the book for you. I mean, we only talked about it a little bit. Um, Tasha confronting her dad was supposed yeah. to be a big moment, and it's a big moment because she, her dad, is supposed to be this wannabe actor, and we get zero depth. <laughs> On her dad, like zero. We don't even know it, Tasha's family per se. We only yeah, we only met him once, and it was that scene where she just goes ballistic, and it's like, God, dude, like she just projecting versus letting her cup fill over, right? Like it's supposed to be like her cup's filling up with all this stress and anxiety, uh, but in the movie, it's just like she's just looking for people to yell at, and like that's that's the kind of it. Yeah, what sucks is that we don't even get to tap into the themes of what we struggle with as first generation Americans with immigrant parents is that she also has expectations to follow up on due to the pressure by her parents to be successful and, you know, kind of get them out of this poverty. But it's the struggle between her mom and her dad that it's like trying so hard to be logical, trying to so hard to be scientific because she wants to help her family. And the safest route is to go to a good school, get a good job and bail them out pretty much. But we don't know anything about her dad and her dad in the book is such a prominent figure because he's trying to be an actor and due to his bitterness of never booking or never making it as a Jamaican dude with a Jamaican accent in America, the, he fails as a father being there for Tasha and being there as a husband. Like all of that just builds up within Tasha and then Tasha just builds resentment or spite towards her father internally. And when she blows up on her dad, it's crazy because she doesn't actually like berate him per se. She just calls him out like, I still support your dream to be an actor. Never stop having hope, but just make sure you be there for your family. And it's such a big moment because that's when he kind of hits like a realization. You know, he's no longer isolating himself, trying to make it as an actor. He's, you know, acknowledging that he can still be successful. But this time he has the support of his family. Like he's letting his family in now. And then they sh they all hug. And then Daniel's just there witnessing. And then, you know. <sighs> There's no connection. I think that's the whole <laughs> we've learned in this. This whole movie has no connection like it does in the book. No one's connected to anything. Uh, no one cares about anyone. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about anyone. It's yeah. no relationship is real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bad things happen all the time. It will continue to happen. Uh, don't be hopeful. Don't be hopeful. Life is shitty. So don't even try. Uh, <laughs> so. What is your shallow take on this film? <laughs> My shallow take? Bad. Uh, bad. Face value? Bad. Face value. Beautiful people? Bad. Um, Beautiful people? Bad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this movie other than the fact that it's just, there's no connection. You won't feel connected. If you guys watch this movie, you won't feel connected to the ending, <laughs> to anyone or anything. Yeah, read the book. Just yeah, read the book. If you want some background noise, don't even play this movie. <laughs> play something else. <laughs> it's not um, even worth it for a uh, background noise. <laughs> on that note, on that note I do not. I'm <laughs> I'm done. I'm exhausted from <laughs> from you know, overall, good job for the actors. They got jobs. <laughs> good job. I'm glad you guys got jobs. It's tough out there being an actor. You oh, know, keep keep going. Congrats. Uh, yeah, Nicole, you and, you know, having your work, you know, go from a movie to a book, or sorry, a book to, to, movie. to a movie <laughs> is still a really monumental achievement. True. Yeah. Like, it's not kind of discount her or anything. Like, she's a great author. I know she didn't have that much say into the movie itself from what I've 
learned and i don't know her opinions on it but i'm sure watching the movie seeing your book come to life was like a, a really fascinating experience yeah but uh, definitely interesting <laughs> <laughs> definitely interesting good job to all the actors you guys got paid <laughs> to cast and crew you know they finished the movie that's that's a tough feat you know especially if you're gonna film in new york the the chaos i'm sure they you know like you said they needed to accommodate for the craziness of new york and therefore that probably had a huge impact on the film and it's a it's a darn shame that they couldn't have more time with it more um flexibility to really tell the right story like we don't know all the nuances of the film so we we're coming <laughs> we have shallow opinions <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is they're that's all opinions, it is so. they're just opinions so hopefully <laughs> you all take right. it as lightly as possible <laughs> I guess we'll uh, leave it there for this episode. Yeah, thanks for Indeed. joining us. Indeed. These movies. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> Would you say this movie was disgusting? Disgusting. It's on the scale of disgust and to disgusting. It was definitely disgusting. We watched Somewhere... it so you guys don't have to. <laughs> Somewhere in between the lines of disgust and, or disgust and absolutely disgusting, <laughs> that's where the movie exists. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us as we discuss and discussed. I am Kevin. <laughs> I'm Derek. Follow us for more content coming at you soon. Bye. Bye.